there we're on the air it's born to roam today uh it's uh it's luke nil broadcasting um from uh, my attic and um i hope that uh you this finds you well and that you're safe uh during this uh most boring of apocalypses i guess i should say uh, i guess this is episode five of born to roam and thank you very much for tuning in uh having a very fun time doing this. I'm really, really, really pleasantly surprised by the preliminary response to this whole thing. Very happy that uh, people seem to be digging it. So um, let's get into it. Um, Obviously, the coronavirus is uh, a thing, and uh, I'm sure you're tired of hearing about it. Um, So we'll try and keep it light on that. We've just kind of been, you know, I think it's pretty public knowledge that we as a band live together in the same house at an undisclosed location in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, no, we live in Hamilton, but that has afforded us some special, I wouldn't say advantages, but I would say some opportunities in this time because we can, we're able to do stuff like this, uh, all together for that. I think we all feel very fortunate that we can keep working during uh, a time when a lot of people are, you know, unfortunately, um, left trying to figure out what the next step is because, you know, there's not a whole lot of concrete answers out there about anything. The only reason I'm saying that is just to double down on the fact that we have a lot of new stuff coming um, in the way of both uh, our signature acerbic, sarcastic, bombastic content and uh, we got new music coming. So we're very excited about that. Uh, I'll get into that more. But um, right off the top, I'd just like to ask you, how is your apocalypse going? Is everybody okay out there? Are you keeping stocked on whatever it is that uh, allows you to feel like a human being, whether it's uh, puzzles or Netflix or PCP? I don't judge. It's all good. Whatever you need. I'll just say that, uh, you know, around here, we've had a really, really good time. It's I, I was... Uh, to be honest with you, being all locked together, uh, and I, I was kind of nervous about how that would affect our, you know, relationships and how that would all work out for everyone. Um, but honestly, I don't like. We've been getting along like uh, we've been getting along just swimmingly, and it's also an added wonderful thing that we're living with Brett from the Glorious Sons, who's uh, just a beautiful human being and a very cool guy. So we're having a good time. Uh, joking around and playing guitars together. And speaking of which, we all obviously crushed Tiger King as soon as it came out. We watched it all in one night. And uh, we learned uh, I saw a tiger the next day. Yeah, Brett. Uh, Brett's a hell of a guy. I just want to say that he's a, he's a fantastic human, be- human being. And uh, we love him very much. Very happy to have him under this roof. I would also say that uh, this quarantine has brought some um, some interesting new possibilities and new opportunities for people living under this roof. 
one of them being Mr. Kyle Fisher. Mr. Kyle Fisher has blossomed into the master chef of the house. Prior to this whole pandemic, I'd only re really ever seen Kyle make eggs or once in about once every six months, he'd make a, a giant chili that would last a very long time before it was gone, maybe to a questionable uh, point of expiration. But uh, I digress. Since the quarantine, Kyle's like Gordon fucking Ramsay. He's made uh, he's made uh, a bunch of curries, some dynamite curries. He made uh, literally the best lasagna I've ever had in my life. I have no problem admitting that. It was the best lasagna I've ever eaten in my life. It was a sad day when the last piece uh, was eaten because um, it, I just hated to see that thing go. It was a beautiful thing while we had it. And uh, most recently, Kyle uh, really swung for the fences and he made a, <laughs> some, uh, some sort of a... Uh, I like to call it uh, Kid Kyle's Quarantine Gumbo. It was a giant gumbo, which um, contained crab legs and shrimp and chicken. I got to just say some other unidentifiable things. Uh, when I, as I was eating it, and it was delicious, I just kind of thought to myself that, you know, a gumbo, which has, I guess, things from the land, sea, and air, within it is kind of like a showcase of uh, man's dominance over the animal kingdom. I don't know why. I just wanted to relegate that to you guys. Uh, gumbos, good time. So next, I think Kyle wants to do some sort of, uh, I don't know, I think we're going to go for ribs. So we're doing a lot of cooking. Cooking's great because before we would just, you know, we got used to being on tour and when you're on tour, you don't do any cooking. And so when you get home, you bring a lot of bad habits with you and you just go out just get takeout all the time because you're just lazy. But cooking's fun, and I think it's a really good skill. I've been enjoying the cooking myself too, but I've been – once Kyle established kitchen dominance, I, I backed off and just let him do it all because uh, he's really good at it. And uh, I like to see the boy shine. Uh, the house has more mice now than I think it ever has. There are a lot of mice in the house. We uh, were using glue traps initially, but that got too gruesome. I'll spare you the details, but uh, Brett actually <laughs> tried to invent a new form of humane mousetrap, uh, which consisted of uh, a glass cup, which was leaning up on its side with peanut butter inside of it and uh, it being held up by a nail. And uh, unfortunately, we did a test and all of the, the, the mice preferred the glue traps rather than uh, uh, Brett's. Uh, humane trap so try as he might to give them a fighting chance they chose death uh over that so uh it was a good try though i can hear them in the morning especially uh above my head which is really annoying uh but hey every little soul must shine but i am still gonna kill every single one of them moving on Speaking of death, uh, John Prine just passed away, and uh, he was very important to our band, and um, he was one of my kind of earliest musical recollections. I remember riding around in our childhood car, well, the, the, the car that my parents had when I was a child, I should clarify, and uh, there was one tape cassette that was blue cover with a man dressed all in denim with aviator sunglasses lying in the back of a car smoking a cigarette with his cowboy boots up on the windows. 
and I thought it was the coolest cover ever. And it was called Sweet Revenge by John Prine. I remember my dad blasting that all the time. And uh, I kind of forgot about that album until about 20, early 2017 when we were starting to get together the master volume material. And uh, I just kind of discovered it on Spotify. I saw the cover again and I instantly clicked it because I was like, I remember that when I was a kid. So I re-fell in love with John Prine in, from a, at an age when I could really appreciate the depth uh, of his work. And um, I like all different kinds of songwriters, but John Prine was a very special talent who could distill extremely complex and universal human emotions with a very blue collar turn of phrase, which is an incredibly special talent that very few people can do. And he is my songwriting hero and he always will be. Uh, songs like as a sweet revenge, the title track off the album, uh, please don't bury me is hilarious. And, uh, Christmas in prison, dear Abby, all those songs off sweet revenge are awesome. And then his older stuff like, Paradise and Sam Stone and his kind of more recent stuff. He, he released an album in 2018 that's an amazing album. Like how many artists can have such a great late career album um, as he did? Uh, it's a very small amount of people. And uh, his newest album was called The Tree of Forgiveness. It has a song on it called When I Get to Heaven. And it's one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. The chorus is... Cause then I'm going to get a cocktail, vodka and ginger ale. Then I'm going to smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long, which is a hilarious fucking lyric. And John Prine was full of those really funny lyrics and he dealt with death in a very humorous way. And by all accounts, by everyone that knew him and met him, he was just the salt of the earth type, lovely, lovely man. And um, I luckily, uh, very, very fortunately got to drive down to Kentucky with my dad who introduced me to John Prine when I was a little kid and we drove down um, in between the touring cycle of Master Volume and we saw John Prine in Kentucky and uh, it was one of the best times of my of my life, my adult life so far. He uh, he opened with Paradise, and I was in line grabbing those gigantic beers that you can only get in the United States. And I was like, "Fuck, I missed Paradise!" And then at the very end, he played it again. <laughs> so it worked out great. But uh, that was a beautiful, beautiful uh, trip with my dad, and uh, many uh, many a, a beer got crushed. It was a good time. And then. Um, also, uh, very fortunately, I got to see him later that year when he played at George Strombolopoulos' house. And it was a, that was an incredible experience. The full video of that is on YouTube. And it's really, really cool because there was a lineup outside before it um, of people who had been invited to it. And um, it was just amazing to see how many talented Canadian musicians and songwriters were made up that crew of people. It was like, it was like blue rodeo and, uh, Gordon Lightfoot and you know, the list, the, the, the group of people was just amazing. And a lot of my friends were there too. And, um, we sat in jo George's living room and watched John Prine sing like three feet away from Gordon Lightfoot who, uh, was I guess really good friends with John Prine and they they were basically having conversations about songwriting 
uh, in and amongst him playing songs. It was just an amazing thing to get to witness. And the very last song he played, last song I ever saw John Prine sing was uh, When I Get to Heaven. And they passed out uh, a kazoo to every single person in the house. And every single person got a kazoo. And on the recording of the song during the bridge, there's a kazoo. So everybody played the kazoo bridge. Um, and, you know, it was just re a really funny sight seeing Gordon Lightfoot with a kazoo in his mouth uh, uh, make these goofy sounds. And, you know, there's, there's not uh, – there's some – moments in your life that kind of transcend everything and there's just a kind of clear knowledge that this is a really special uh segment very brief segment glimpse of my life that i will never forget and that was one of them seeing you know uh the guys from blue rodeo all with kazoo in their mouths and everybody doing it so anyways i'm just very very fortunate that i got to uh experience john prine live a couple times and um it's, uh, the guy had a real, uh, real, uh, amazing career and he never compromised and he's a true artist and a true brilliant songwriter and all of his music is just as good as it ever was, uh, in terms of how fresh it sounds. So, uh, give him a spin. If you're ever feeling down and you want to feel like, uh, you need somebody to connect with, look up John Prine. And that's all I'll say about that. Rest in peace, John Prine. Back to more lighthearted things. Tiger King. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly how pertinent this will be in terms of when it uh, comes out. It seems that the Tiger King hysteria has died down a little bit. But I got to say, that's my favorite show I've ever seen. It's the best show. Most entertaining show I've ever seen. It encapsulates the best, most ridiculous elements of Trailer Park Boys, the fire music festival documentary i think equally as good as the actual show is the quality of tiger king memes directly after the show there's still some really good ones coming out but um anyways we really enjoyed that show yeah i'd like to just kind of circle back and talk a little bit about new music so i've mentioned before that uh on, on one of the previous episodes that we were basically gearing up to do some new music and um essentially we were recording and we were about three quarters of the way done recording when the pandemic really geared up and um you know like all responsible citizens we were forced to uh you know abandon our plans and uh basically cease doing cease what we were doing but uh in and amongst that we were basically provided with an opportunity to continue uh, because we've been doing it remotely, which has been really exciting. I'm, I'm, we feel very fortunate that we can continue recording, um, even though, you know, our producer has had to go back to Seattle. Uh, Mr. John Goodmanson featured on the last episode of this or the second last episode. And uh, we, we could no longer record at the studio that we were recording at. But um, thanks to advances in home technology uh, in the recording field, we are able to finish that up. And um, basically what I had kind of planned on doing a week, I planned on doing about a week of guitars and that had to be condensed down into two days. And that was a very psychedelic experience recording all those guitars in two days, but I'm very excited about them. And I'm very excited about the music that we have. I'm, I think that uh, it's a very special group of songs that you guys are going to really like too, unless you're assholes and then you hate it. 
But uh, I think everybody that has any kind of taste is going to like these these songs. And lastly, I'd like to say that um, we have um, a concert film coming out. Uh, somewhat of a farewell, a love letter to the Master Volume album and touring cycle and the amount of uh, growth and progress that we made with that album and album cycle and the response from all of you to those songs and to the shows. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely the best year or two of my life so far. And uh, we all were just very overwhelmed by how much that stuff resonated with everyone and how off the hook the shows were. So we've captured that at the final show of the tour, uh, which was in Toronto at the Opera House. Um, and uh, we're very excited to release that soon. So obviously we are primarily a live band. That's where we thrive. That's what we love. Right now we can't do that, but this is uh, maybe a just at least a, a shade of consolation um, to kind of look at uh, this video as a as both a, a reminder of how awesome live music can be, and just the experience of getting to uh, be in the same room as a lot of people experiencing rock and roll. It's the best thing in the world. And it's not only a, a document of what was, but it's a promise of, of what's happening and what's going to, what's going to happen soon. So I'm very much so obviously looking forward to playing live again. And I'm sure people are looking forward to going to see shows again. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's closer than we think. All I got to say is keep the faith brothers and sisters. Uh, we'll get through this together. It's, uh, it's not that bad. It's not too bad. It sucks, but it's like, you know, it's, uh, given the range of possibilities and levels of catastrophe, it could be much worse. So let's everybody stay positive and uh, keep chipping away at whatever you're doing. Um, be easy on yourselves. Uh, enjoy the fact that you're alive and uh, listen to Born to Rome for more wisdom <laughs> from me. All right. Take care, everyone.